All right. Well, Lord, bless these thoughts tonight. Thank you for the old rugged cross. And uh, just thinking of how you went to the cross because of love uh, to pay the ultimate price so that we could be free. We could be liberated and have a joy in our hearts and not be condemned. Father, thank you for that. Thank you that you took the nails so that we could have holy hands and holy feet. Thank you, God, that you took the spear so that we could have a new heart, Lord. Just bless these words tonight. Just give us something special from your your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. So if you want to turn to Matthew 13, hey, I'm just excited with you about our church here. Isn't it amazing? It's a discipleship church. And uh, I love how God is discipling us unto himself. And um, Easter's a big deal. Be praying for Pastor Dennis. I mean, uh, we're gonna, it's going to be a huge Sunday. Um, so there'll be obstacles and opposition. But like Caleb said, our enemies are like bread for us, right? So... Get out the peanut butter and jelly and <laughs> start spreading it. No, it's going to be so good. <laughs> wow, Dave, nice. All right. Well, tonight I want to talk about mercy. Um, but I got to warn you, uh, we're praying for you all the time. We're praying for you, and, and I'm excited. Thank you for coming tonight, all of you. It's great. It's amazing. And um, so I want to talk a little bit about mercy tonight. And we said this a couple of weeks ago. We said um, mercy shows us the costliness of grace. And I really want to drill down on that topic tonight because tomorrow's Good Friday, right? And then we enter into Easter weekend. And we don't want that just to be something ritual, right? We don't want that, that just to be something uh, conceptual, but uh, we really want this to be something that is touching our hearts. So think about this. How is a value priced on something or placed on something? When you think about like leather, you know, like a real leather pocketbook, right? Or like a diamond. Why, is di- why are diamonds a woman's best friend? <laughs> okay, it's a good sales pitch, okay. They're forever, okay. <laughs> All right. I know why they're valuable, though. They rare. Uh, yes, okay, there we go. Rare, yeah. Takes a lot to get a diamond, doesn't it? So this is where I want to kind of go with this a little bit. A lot of price is put on something because of the process of finding it, the process of making it, polishing it. So when you think about a diamond, they are rare. And they're, they're one of the most powerful stones on the earth. Uh, you know, they can cut, like diamond points can cut through glass and are used through very heavy machinery. But also, these beautiful stones are put often in the weakest settings, right? In diamond rings, right? Yeah. Ryan, when you give that special someone a diamond one day? <laughs> no, I mean, I remember giving my wife the diamond 
And uh, I just thought, wow, this is such a beautiful stone. And when this, when the the light shot shone on it, the prism of colors. I mean, it's really gorgeous. It really is, right? And we spent a lot of money for that ring, right? Think about it, right? So when you think about the price of something, it isn't just you know retail, retail where they hike it up for no good reason, but it's it's usually because it's something that's rare, something that's um, you know valuable to the de to the demand. Some supply and demand, you know, processing a diamond or even gold, right? Like you go to the mines of Africa and you dig out diamonds or even work with the veins of gold and then the processing of gold and and how the purities to burn out all the impurities and again you have all these different carats of diamonds or or uh, or gold you know 24 karat gold and and so on and so forth um, so when you think about mercy I want us to think about the same way like mercy shows us how costly grace is you know, sometimes people can look at grace as something cheap, you know. Ah, uh, you know, God will just wink and it'll be okay. He's a forgiving God. Or it's a license to sin. You can just do it because God will understand this is the way we're made or this is the lot we have to deal with. But actually, mercy really is one of those things that, that causes us to almost like be in awe of grace. And really, have you ever seen something beautiful and it kind of shuts your mouth? Isn't that amazing? It's like, it's like amazing. It's like, whoa, it's awe-inspiring, right? And this is what mercy does. All right, 1344. Just a couple of illustrations today. And um, so Matthew 13, the kingdom of heaven is like a very precious treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid again. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field, securing the treasure for himself. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And upon finding a single pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Okay, verses maybe we've heard before, but imagine that. A field, nothing special if you don't know what's in the field, right? But in that field is a treasure, and it's the reason why that man is going to sell everything. Imagine today if you sold everything, your house, your car, all your assets, sold everything. That thing that you're going to buy must have incredible value, right? Uh, we were going through some pictures last night. We were organizing my wife's uh, office, bringing the office downstairs into a new area, and we were kind of going through some stuff, and it had great sentimental value, right? It reminded us of something. I came across a card from our dear friends in China eight years ago, before Carson was born. And, uh, and it, it had some very precious words written there, and I thought, this card has great value. I placed a high value on it because of the people behind the words, right? So think about this man. He placed a great value and therefore sold everything, bought the field, sold everything and bought the pearls, right? All right, let's look at Ephesians 2. So when we're thinking about the work of the cross, think about how Jesus 
placed a great value on you and I. You know, I think that's one of the things we're experiencing in these days before the rapture, as we near the rapture, is people have forgotten what is valuable. They're putting value on things that are going to pass away, and they're not putting value on things that last forever. Like tonight, I know you're incredibly busy and have tremendous schedules, family life, but you put value on being here tonight. Can I tell you something? This is a treasure that you and I will never uh, lose, right? Because we've placed value on something. You know, it's amazing. You know, to others, oh, it's just a field, overgrown, weeds. Maybe there's not much in it. But the person that knows where the treasure is, they're like, oh, by sight it doesn't look like much. But by faith, there is something beautiful. So... Why is this important? Why is this important? Mercy, think about this, mercy takes away what we deserve. Think about what you deserve tonight. Okay? Let's take a minute. What are some things we deserve? Death. Okay. We deserve death, maybe. What's another thing? Well, that was a nice start, Dave. Hey, that's true. It's a good word. What else do we deserve? Let's, let's talk for a minute real quick. What are some other things we deserve? A pay raise. A pay raise. Okay. <laughs> Pastor Dennis, they couldn't pay you what you're worth all day long. But We have a joke in our department. If you want to raise, we'll get you high-heeled shoes or something like that. That only works one time, by the way. So what else? Grace, what do you deserve? Wow. It's okay. Zero it all. Yeah, whatever that entails. Well, okay. Okay. Let's think about that word deserve for a minute. Or what, you know, without Christ, we are in trouble. And this is where I think the world has forgotten or do not see their need for God. And therefore, they don't understand that for them, mercy is pity. It's like going easy on somebody, uh, you know, just get out, get out of jail free card. But really, I mean, Dave had, this, had the right vein here. We deserve death, hell. We deserve nothing good because we are sinners. We are absolutely uh, rotten to the core. But our world is very different. They want to project how good we are. Oh, you know, there's good in the earth. You know, there's good in the world, right? And they want to project moral good. But you know what's amazing? Look at this in Ephesians chapter 2. Mercy takes away what we deserve. It takes away death. It takes away sin. It takes away hell. It takes away the way, all the things that are absent from God. Mercy says... I'm going to take away the effect of sin and I'm going to give you what you don't deserve, which you could never earn. And this is what the beauty of the gospel message is all about, is that mercy says, no, you're not going to get what you deserve. And mercy says yes to what grace has for us. Now, 
this is more than just a prosperity message, I hope. <laughs> uh, but it really helps us to value the things that God values and to devalue what the world values, okay? To value and to devalue. It's amazing. You buy a new car and you drive it off the lot and it devalues something like 30%. That's crazy, right? And then you're stuck for the next seven years paying on your car <laughs> and then you trade it in. I remember recently trading in my car before the Kia and it was worth $500. <laughs> Wow. I was like, I was like, man, that's nothing. That's maybe the rubber on my tires, and well, no, that wasn't a key. It was a Pacifica. But <laughs> hey, no, the key is worth thousands, man. It's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I put so much value on a car. No, I'm just joking. All right, look at this. Ephesians chapter two. Now think about think about mercy for me. Mercy steps up and says, no, that person's not going to get what they deserve. Okay, think about that. Almost like a referee, right? A referee stands up, stands in front of the accuser, stands up in front of the opponent and blocks and says, no, this person will not get what they deserve. Now that's huge. That's huge. Think about this. Mercy allows you and I to stand before a holy God. That's amazing. Mercy takes away judgment in James chapter 2. It rejoices over judgment and stands up and says, this person, you and I have a place in the plan of God because of the work of Jesus Christ. Okay. All right, now notice this. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, we're made alive in Christ. Verse 2, and you he is made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins. You walked, uh, you once walked and you were followers the way of the world, influenced by the present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan. The spirit which is now working in disobedience, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. This is the Amplified, by the way. Among these unbelievers were all once lived in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging in the desires of the human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulses of sin and the sinful mind, whereby nature were children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. Okay? Wow. What do we deserve tonight? We deserve the wrath of God. Now, I don't know about you. When I was a kid, my father, when I incurred his wrath, it was a serious serious thing. Imagine God doing that to you and I, okay? Mercy today says you and I are not the, the, uh, the recipients of wrath because Jesus Christ, being the ultimate person of mercy, took that wrath upon us. And this is what four, verse 4 says, but God, but God. That's a, that's a great statement. Whenever you hear the word but, when someone, you ask someone to do something and they go, well, but, you know it's not good. It's like an excuse or some sort of way out, right? But here it's but God. It means that God has intervened. God has like come and said, listen, I am interjecting myself on behalf of someone that cannot help themselves. 
But God, being so very rich in mercy, because of his great and wonderful love, which in he has loved us. Okay? That is an incredible verse. But God. What, what, what's so amazing about the Easter season? But God. God has stepped in and says, Adam or Anastasia or Ryan, their value is priceless. Therefore, I will give everything that I have to win them, to love them, to fellowship with them. Let's look at Romans for a minute. Romans chapter 5. This is why our message has so much value, right? Some may, may not have time for God. I mean, how many times have we said this? Oh, I just don't have time to open my Bible. Or, I don't have time to pray. Or I don't have time to come and meet together. What is that? That is we are, we are devaluing the things of God and valuing other things uh, and or uh, putting price on something that uh, we're overvaluing things. <laughs> it's amazing what people will pay, right? Like for a pair of shoes, right? I don't know what the average price of a pair of shoes are today, but it's incredible, right? I think I was looking at some dress shoes that were for like 250 bucks. I was like... I wouldn't go out of my house with something like that, you know? All right. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. All right. I love this. Don't you love this? God sees value in you and I because of his son, Jesus. And he says, but God who is rich in mercy. See, God did all the processing, the, the preparing, the, the, uh, the mining, the looking, the searching. I mean, think about, think about a guy that goes fishing, right? And they cheat and they have that little radar that finds out where all the schools of fish are, right? It's like, what is that? They, they prepare, they scope, they get the tools together, they get their rods together, and they have, they have successful fishing, hopefully. Uh, that whole journey is what we're talking about. Mercy does all the heavy lifting. I don't know about you, I'm very thankful for that. Very thankful for that. 5.8 of Roman, uh, 5.6, I think it is. Yeah, 5, uh, da, 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 da. yeah, verse, chapter 5, verse 6. While we are still helpless, powerless to provide our salvation, at the right time Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Now it is it's an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life even for the upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one who is noble and selfless and worthy. Someone might even dare to die. So what is he saying? He's like, for a good person, it's easy to say that they die. But for a bad person, who'd do that? I mean, Jesus, Jesus' mercy is no respecter of person. There's no partiality. So when we might look at ourselves and say, wow, I don't see much value here. God says, I gave everything for you, to, for me to love you, to fellowship with you, to call you my own. That's overwhelming to think about. But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by this fact that we were still sinners and Christ died for us. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, wait a minute, you talk to people who are like, yeah, I got to put myself together. I gotta, I've got to clean myself up. Here it's saying, while we were dead in sin, Ephesians 2, 1, while we were uh, in trespasses, we were guilty. We were absolutely helpless, hopeless. 
God says, I will ransom you and I will rescue you. Okay. How you doing? You still good? Yeah. All right. Ephesians 1. This is, this is good stuff. You know, being overseas, I remember in, in the Eastern Europe, one of the, I guess it's everywhere, but I, I remember slipping into these churches, these Orthodox churches, and I used to like just sit there because it was so quiet. And it was like one of the most quietest places I've ever been to. <laughs> and uh, I would hear people next to me, and sometimes the priest would lead a prayer, and they would just, and the prayer would be just pretty much over and over, Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have Anastasi. Remember those? Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. And uh, I always used to think to myself, wow, you know, do people really know how much mercy God has already given? It's incredible. Um, so when we think about how rich God is in mercy, it's overwhelming. Uh, because really a holy God would have nothing to do with us without mercy, without his son. All right. Uh, what are we talking about? Ephesians 1. This is a great verse. Verse 6. So think about... Uh, someone said it a couple weeks ago. Uh, grace is a great acronym for God's riches at Christ's expense. Isn't that good? God's riches at Christ's expense. That means less your soul is worth more than the whole world. Why? Because of the value that Christ placed on it or the value that Christ has died to place on it. That's amazing. We could say that all around the room that we are priceless. We are priceless. In Ephesians 1 6, we see to the praise of his glorious grace and favor, which he's freely bestowed on us in his beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Right? It's like spaghetti in a benevolent pouring on meat sauce, right? My my son loves cheese, and and uh, if you're not careful, he'll just have that, he'll have half the bucket of parmesan cheese all over. I'm like, Carson, where's the spaghetti and meatballs? It's like under three inches of cheese. Like benevolence, that's what we're talking about, like an overabundance. God says, I'm going to overly abundantly give you grace now. Now that the, the sin is out of the way, I can have a relationship with you. That's powerful. Think about it. When you pray, when I pray, God the God of heaven, the God of the universe, the God who was and is and is to come is listening to you. That is Psalm chapter 8. Why are you even mindful of us, right? It's, it's so crazy good, right? And this is why God is so humble to, to remember us. All right, look at verse 7. You with me? 1-7, you're doing great. In him we have redemption. There's a big word, right? And this is where grace comes on the scene. Grace gives us what we don't deserve, right? It gives us a new beginning. It gives us newness. And mercy takes care of what we deserve. So we don't deserve to go to heaven, but God says, I give you heaven because I love you and because you respond to my son, Jesus Christ, as your Savior. I give you peace. Think about the, the, the power of peace in someone's life. I don't know about you. I talk to people all the time. They are disturbed. They are, they are restless. 
imagine as believers, we also get anxious, but we have peace because he is our peace. So in him, notice those two words, there's where grace starts. In him we have redemption. That's our deliverance and salvation that through his blood, which paid the penalty of our sin and resulted in forgiveness and complete pardon of our sin in accordance with the riches of his grace. So as I close tonight, just think about but God for a minute. But God, what about this? But God, what about that? What about my past? Mercy says, no, that's no longer going to be an issue with who I, the way I look at you. But God, what about this, this, and this? And I haven't done that. And the deficit motivation thinking like I, I should have done more or, you know, all of these things that we can try to disqualify ourselves. And what does mercy do? Mercy says, I have, uh, I have taken away those things and given you a place of honor. That's amazing. I've given you a place of honor. Um, I don't know about you. That's just overwhelming. Now, and then grace takes over. Not grace grant. But grace, the power of God's grace comes in and says, you are brand new. Okay, last verse. Revelations 1. So good. Praise to the glory of His grace that we are accepted in His beloved. God calls you His son and daughter today. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's incredible. So mercy takes care of my past. Grace gives me a future. Mercy says, my thoughts to you are not thoughts of evil, but grace says my thoughts to you are thoughts of peace. You see, it's like two sides of the cross. Jesus journeying to the cross had great suffering, had great problems, had great torture. But on the other side of the cross, what was it? Resurrection. Uh, it was great pardoning. It was a great uh, miracle and a new beginning. I think of those disciples as they were hiding after the cross. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? There, there's the disciples. They're hiding in, a, in the upper room. What did Jesus say when he showed up there? Peace. Peace. Be you. Yeah. And what did, he walked through the wall. Imagine that. I mean, how many walls do we have in our life? Like, we want to keep things that we need to keep out, out, and the keep things we want to keep in, in. But sometimes we keep Jesus out, right? And he has to knock on the door of our heart in 312 of Revelations. He says, can I come in? Can I come in and talk with you? Right? And then our value system changes, right? It's amazing. Okay, 1-5. So good. So, I love this Amplified. Ryan, I don't think I've given you his Bible back. <laughs> this is good Bible. Okay. It's good. All right. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful and trustworthy witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who is always loving us and who has once and for all freed us and washed us from our sin in his own blood, his sacrificial death. Think about that. Jesus says, I have washed you, right? I've washed you clean. My mercy took your sin. 
grace says, I'm going to make you pure, right? It, I'll never forget a, 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 a lady that was promiscuous, got pregnant, and this is before she was married, and she went to the pastor and said, Pastor, I really want to wear a white dress. Uh, I want to marry this guy. I want to wear, I want to wear a white dress. And the pastor said, have you, have you confessed your sin before God? And she goes, yes, I have. And he goes, then you're clean. And shortly after, they walked down the aisle together in a beautiful way. That's not condoning anything, but I'm just saying grace gives a beautiful new value. Even after sin, where sin abounds, what happens? Grace much more abounds. All right, last verse. He formed unto us a kingdom, and we are his subjects, priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and honor forever and ever, majesty and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. The but God, the but in great, the but in mercy. So just as we think about Good Friday tomorrow, think about this. Jesus did it for you and I. Jesus endured the contradiction of sinners. Why? Because he saw value in us because of his son. Don't let the devil devalue your faith, right? Don't let the devil say, oh, somehow, you know, you are less than who Christ has, has told you that you are. You know, I love what Adam prayed tonight. We're in a judgment-free zone. It's good, isn't it? That is a grace statement, right? And we love all your kids, by the way. So uh, grace is a safe place to be. Amen. Lord, thank you tonight. Just thank you, Father, that you put great value on us, not because of anything we could do or earn, but because we've received from you. Thank you, Lord. We just give you the praise for not turning around on the way to the cross. You did not make excuses. You did not call millions of angels down from heaven to take you off that cross. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't say, well, I don't know if these guys are worth it. I'm going to save myself. Thank you, God, you did not do that. But thank you that you place such a high value on us. Lord, help us to place a value, a high value on mercy and really shows us what grace is all about. It's an unmerited favor from a holy God to unholy people. And God, we are forever grateful. And uh, may these thoughts really touch our hearts tonight. And we give you the praise. Thank you that you love us when we're unlovely. Thank you that you forgive us when we're unforgivable. Thank you that you place value on us when everyone else throws, throws people away. Thank you that you gather people. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name.